Welcome to Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by SEO Samba, comprehensive high-performing marketing solutions for mature and emerging franchise brands. To supercharge your franchise marketing, go to seosamba.com. That's S-E-O-S-A-M-B-A dot com. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Franchise Marketing Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today on the show, we got Dennis McKinley with Detroit Equities, home of the original Hot Dog Factory and Crew Hemp Lounge. Welcome, Dennis. Hey, Lee, uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Look forward to uh, chatting about franchising today. Absolutely. So how did you get into the franchise business? Well, the short story is I was on the other end. Uh, of the stick. You know, I, uh, originally was a, a subway franchisee and, uh, you know, I thought totally, you know, something totally different when I wanted to say, Hey, I want to open a subway. Right. I thought it was, Hey, it's subway, but I'm doing my own thing. Right. And I quickly learned that's not what franchising is about. So subway was my first, uh, university into what franchising really is. So what is it? How was it different than you anticipated? Well, you know, you see a subway on every corner and you, you, you kind of really don't realize that, um, you know, even though you are uh, uh, an owner or a franchise partner, you know, subway sets the rules. They set the menu. They set the pricing. Right. They set the hours of operation. So really, um, you know, it's not Dennis McKinley subway. It is subway. So uh, I was introduced to um really, you know, what a franchise model really is. You know, you got rules, you got regulations, you have brand standards. Uh, it really introduced me what a brand really is, right? And it's not so much about you. It's, it's managing and understanding what a, a system is. So um, did you sell that? Is that how that story ended? Yeah, you know, um, you know I, I got up to four locations and I quickly realized that, uh, you know, Subway is probably making a little more than me. So I I sold that and uh, looked for some other opportunities. But I said, you know what? Um, my ultimate goal is I think I want to be a franchisor, right? Um, I see some things that could probably be improved, some things that I thought that weren't too fair for uh, franchise partners. And I said, I always wanted to be a franchisor if, you know, I got the opportunity and found a brand that would work. So then how did you, uh, did you kind of, uh, come up with your own brand or did you find kind of a mom and pop that you thought was doing good work and partnering with them? Yeah, but make sure of both. So what happened was, you know, I'm from Detroit and if anybody out there been to Detroit or understands uh, Detroit food culture, they know that we love our Coney Island hot dogs, right? There's a Coney Island on every corner in Detroit, basically, which is a, um, a, a beef hot dog with, um, you know, chili, onion, mustard. But I, you know, after I graduated from the University of Michigan, I traveled all around this country and I quickly noticed that one, well, for one thing, everybody loves hot dogs, right? But but the second most important thing is it doesn't matter where you go across this country, everybody likes something different on their hot dogs. I went to Chicago, you know, they got the Chicago dog, right? Mm-hmm. You go to New York, they love some sauerkraut and brown mustard. You go out to Seattle, they put um, cream cheese and onions on their dog. <laughs> I said, man, you know what? If I could just put every hot dog regionally from across this country, put it under one roof, that may work. So I was in Atlanta at the time. Um, you know, I sold, you know, one of my businesses and I was trying to find my next thing. And uh, I had a craving for a hot dog. I went into this place called the original hot dog factory and they only had, you know, three or four dogs. I said, this may be my opportunity. 
And I went in there and I talked to the owner every day until he sold it to me. He sold it to me. I changed the menu. I put every hot dog that I, I've experienced personally and I could find regionally. And I, that's the, that was the new uh, original hot dog factory, 25 hot dogs from across the country. And um, it was reborn in 2015. So then you took an existing, uh, it was a mom and pop, a single location? Yes, single location, mom and pop, um, and, and I scaled it. And then you just kind of used your franchise magic to uh, improve it and then take it to a new level? Indeed. You know, what happened was, um, you know, when we changed that menu, people started rushing through the door. And people were asking, hey, why don't you have one on the east side? Hey, why don't you have one down here in Columbus, Georgia? Hey, I'm from Detroit. I, this will work up there. And I said, you know what? Um, there's a demand. And, you know, franchising is the, the, the fastest way to, to scale. Now, when you took them over, did they have kind of the playbook that most franchises have? Or is that something you had to develop uh, and you kind of used your previous knowledge on how to build that? Yeah, not at all. I mean, they were just a mom and pop. They didn't even even have recipes. So we started from scratch. You know, it took some time to, of course, perfect the menu, get our vendors together. And then we uh, we developed the franchise playbook from scratch. Now, is that something that emerging uh, franchises kind of don't put enough time into? You know, I think so. You know, I talk to uh, probably, you know, five or 10 concepts a week with people saying, hey, I got a great idea. You know, business is good. I think, you know, we could franchise. And um, the most common thing I always miss is just, first of all, menu development, right? You got to have a real good hold on. If I take this out of my city and go to another state, am I going to have the same vendor relationships, right? That meant, you know, they don't put enough time into just menu development and making sure that this is going to be able to scale. Not only are people going to like your concept when you go to a different state, but can you make sure it tastes the same, right? And that vendor relationship is critically undervalued, you know, when you talk about franchise. Now, in your work, you you kind of went from hot dogs to hemp. How did that uh, transition happen? Was it the same thing? You found something out there that was a mom and pop that you said, hey, I can scale this? Well, I got to be honest with you. This, you know, franchise and uh, crew was, that was, that just happened because of, you know, also, also demand. You know, when I was, uh, when I had another business, crew was across the street from my office. So admittedly, I got to tell you, Lee, I used to go there, you know, pretty much every day after, after work and I would entertain clients, et cetera. And uh, one day I looked at my bill and I said, man, I just spent a thousand bucks in here. If I owned the place, maybe um, this, <laughs> maybe I would spend as much cash in here. So I talked to the owner and I bought it. Right. And, um, you know, another thing I was inspired by, you know, a club out in New York City and, um I took, uh, you know, a piece of what they had going on and I remixed it and uh, we called it crew. Now, um, down south and just, you know, culturally around the country, like hookah is like becoming a phenomenon. You know, all the kids like to smoke hookah while they drink, you know, and eat food. So we're not a club, right? We're not a lounge. We're like a, a we're not a restaurant. We're a hybrid of all three. Um, and that concept worked, right? So, you know, we were getting very popular in Atlanta and people used to come from all over the country. You know, Atlanta is a, a hotbed um, for transients and uh, entertainment. They, they call Atlanta Black Hollywood. People were like, hey, man, why isn't this in Houston? Hey, we will, this will work well in Charlotte. And the light bulb went off and enough people started asking me. And um, 
I said, you know what, let me replicate this model as well. And uh, that's how uh, Crew Hip Lounge franchising was born as well. Now, is Crew a standalone or is that something that if I have maybe a restaurant or a bar, I can just have a crew inside of my existing location? No, we we, we look for second generation, you know, restaurants and bars, um, you know, so no, you cannot have that uh, as a standalone. I mean, that's the entire package. So it's the entire package. So you have to um, kind of go all in. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, um, is it different kind of scaling uh, a hemp uh, crew rather than a restaurant, or is it kind of the same? It doesn't matter. Now Now that you got the recipe to scale, you can just plug and play whatever concept you're dealing with? Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, you know, franchising, you know, in my opinion, is all about the, the real estate. Um, you know, your concept has, has, has got to work with landlords. You know, landlords already have an idea when they build something out. They already have square footages. If you know that information before you get a concept going, I think you'll win big time. That's what I really didn't understand with the hot dog factory, right? Hot dog factory, we prefer, you know, spaces that are about 800 square feet. Well, guess what? No landlord has spaces, you know, 800 square feet. They're normally about a 1,200. So, um, you know, look, when you're franchised, you got to understand both sides of the game. Um, and I think real estate is very important. You need to understand that game too. So um, crew, a little easier to find space. We're about 3,000 square feet, you know, second generation restaurants, you know, due to COVID. I mean, there are tons of opportunity out here for, for those spaces. So um, it's been a little easier scale versus the hot dog So now uh, what's next? Are you just looking for brands? Oh, uh, definitely. I mean, we're always looking for brands. You know, we do about, again, about five to seven interviews a week, just, you know, uh, looking for different opportunities. Um, I've had some some good graces here in, in, in the past where we've got into some brands, helped them scale and um, ultimately exit. Uh, so we're always looking for brands. You know, I'm pretty ag- agnostic, but definitely I'm a, I'm a foodie. So I, I do love, uh, you know, concepts that are centered around food, but I look at anything We've invested, uh, you know, into uh, CBD stores and um, par- party bus transportation businesses. Uh, we've also did some meal meal planning um, work as well. So, look, um, I'm, I'm, I'm really foodie centric, but I, I love culture. So I love things that are hot or, you know, that will be hot, you know, tomorrow. So definitely if anybody is out there and they have a concept that they think that could, could scale or uh, they could franchise, definitely contact us. Now, uh, when they work with you, is it something that you just buy them outright or you do joint venture? What does the relationship typically look like? Yeah, normally we do 50-50, you know, based on, uh, you know, what's really involved in, you know, and how far they've already scaled, right? Uh, you know, I am, you know, founder and entrepreneur friendly, right? I think if you, uh, you know, have more than one location, that takes a factor. You know, how long have you been in business? That takes a factor, right? How much work we need to put into fixing, you know, what's needed to get to that next level. Oh, that's always a factor, but we try to try to normally go in as 50-50 partners. Now, when you're working with folks or working with your own brands, how do you attract other franchisees? How have you cracked the code on that? Because that, that a lot of folks struggle in that area. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, um, you know, I, I, I always, you know, ask uh, during this interview process with, with new brands, how many people have already asked about franchising? I mean, you wouldn't believe how many of our franchise 
partners are just fans of the brand. They just love the brand, right? Um, that's where you're going to get the most traction, right? Because you have people who are not just in it for the cash, right? They actually love the brand. And it's, it's a difference. You know, people can throw money around, but, you know, if they're just looking to make a buck out of it and they don't have a passion for what you're doing, that makes scaling even tougher. Now, is there any kind of sweet spot in terms of the investment that uh, you typically work with or, or the investment could be anything depending on the brand? Yeah, it could be anything depending on the brand. You, you know, um, that is very, you know, from, uh, you know, 25 grand, which is normally uh, average FDD work, you know, up to, uh, you know, half a million bucks, depending on what's needed and what stage they are, um, you know, in their development. Of course, every brand. Uh, the investment, initial investment to get, you know, locations open are different. So it uh, depends on what kind of infrastructure that they have, right? Do we need to add employees, et cetera? So it, it varies, but um, look, there isn't a sweet spot. You know, at the end of the day, it's all about the brand. It's all about, you know, what you're selling. And it's all about, um, you know, that fan base that you created, you know, from what you're doing. Now, any advice for the person that maybe is um, a mom and pop and uh, how do they know if, they have something that could scale. Yeah. Well, I mean, people always ask me like, okay, I've gave you all this stuff. We've done all these interviews. You've been to my location five times. Like what's the mathematical equation to know if we're going to, you know, be an investor. Right. And really to be totally honest with you, um, look, we do spreadsheets and all that stuff, which is important to, you know, investors and banks, um, you know, analysts, et cetera. But really it's about the gut, right? When you go in there, you can kind of tell, you know, is this owner passionate? You know, when, when people coming through the doors, are they excited to be here? You know, do they really love the food or is it just, a, you know, a convenience for them, right? Those things matter way more important than, you know, how much revenue you're doing, how much cash you're putting on the table, because that's going to make the difference between, you know, 20 locations and possibly getting to that magic number of 100, right? Um, that's the difference. Now, what about advice for that uh, franchisee? Uh, like you, when you started out, you had some, I don't want to call it a misstep, but a learning opportunity. Um, how do you uh, advise a franchisee to choose the right brand for them? Well, look, um, you know, a lot of people say, you know, hey, I want to own a restaurant. But but, but guess what? That's, that's not enough, right? You got to really dig, dig deep into what, you know, you're passionate about and, and let your passion lead your choice of um, your venture. Because, look, there's a ton of franchise opportunities out here, uh, some better than others. Um, and you got to really be careful, you know, when you dive in, because these are not, you know, um, you know, overnight uh, projects. I mean, most franchise agreements are 10 years. 10 years is a, is a long time. Right. So you got to make sure when you understand that you, you're doing these deals, uh, you're married. Right. You guys are married. Of course, you can sell your franchise, et cetera. But it takes that initial work to get off the ground. You know, nothing is going to be profitable overnight. So you got to really dig in and put work in, you know, if you expect to be successful. So now, so what's how do you kind of uh, see the future? Like you said, there's a lot of opportunity now with real estate uh, because of covid. As we come out of covid, um, you know, it seems like people are, you know, yearning for some back to normal stuff. Uh, what do you see in five years for Detroit equities? Well, I think um, we need to move where the future is going, right? I mean, if you look at, um, you know, a lot of the real estate technology around um, what restaurants are doing with third-party delivery, uh, ghost kitchens, 
food trucks. Um, you know, I really think, you know, any restaurateur, any franchisee in the food business has got to take that part of the business very seriously. Um, you got to understand some of the trends going on right now. Uh, you know, vegan food is, is extremely popular. Um, you know, look, we're right around the corner from, you know, marijuana being, you know, legal here in probably the next three to five years. So I think that's going to be a big part of uh, the food industry as well. Um, and also, look, every restaurant, every foodie, right, it really, it doesn't matter what business you're in, everybody's having a tough time, you know, hiring. So I think you got to really look at, really look at technology as it relates to um, automation and robots and how that's going to affect, you know, your brand moving forward. You know, if, you, if you're a restaurant that's got to make things from scratch, et cetera, look, I don't know. You may be in trouble long term, right? Technology is really going to take over as far as automation, flipping hamburgers from scratch without employees here in the next three to five years, I believe. So that's going to, that's going to you know, take a, a toll on, on some of these concepts. And the same goes with uh, franchises as well. Don't, don't you need to have like kind of an app that you can do the whole transaction and then the franchisor can kind of keep track of things through that? And oh, yeah. there's I mean, a, some of the technology that's coming out right now is making it very easy for, uh, you know, franchisors to, to get data, right? And that's the big word, right? Data, um, you know, how it's used, you know, how is it going to be used in the future? What is going on now real time? So, um, yeah, most definitely. Well, congratulations on all the success. If there somebody wants to learn more about any of your opportunities or Detroit Equities, if they have a brand they want to share with you, what is the best way to get a hold of you? No, I appreciate that. Look, they can go online at DetroitEquities.com. Click on a form, submit, you know, your brand. I go out about three times a week all across the country um, just looking at brands and tasting, you know, food, to, you know, looking at different concepts. And it doesn't have to just be, you know, food again. I mean, we're pretty agnostic. We've been invested it into a wide range of things. Uh, you know, I'm looking at a kid brand right now that's very exciting. So, look, it doesn't matter what you have. If you think that, you know, your business can't be scaled, reach out to us and uh, we'll see if we can work together. Good stuff. Well, thank you again for sharing your story. You're doing important work, and we appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate being on, Charlie. I appreciate it. Uh, all you guys, good luck. Uh, keep at it, and uh, I'll see you on the road soon. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Franchise Marketing Radio. 